This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 18, the Tatton Park Flower Show and Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for September. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we have a review of the RHS Tatton Park Flower Show. Our plant of the month for September is Dahlia Bishop of Landaff. Jobs to do in the garden and vegetable garden. And we have plants of note for this month, Hibiscus Syriacus White Chiffon, a tree hollyhock, and Fuchsia Ricotonii. And we've also got forthcoming garden and flower shows. We're into September now, so it's feeling autumnal already, isn't it? Oh, it is. We sure. had a gorgeous summer, but autumn seems to have got here a bit too soon for me. Very soon. And you can see it in the gardens already. Everything's not as bright. It's looking dull. It's quite demoralising to know <laughs> that it's all over already. Well, that's the thing with seasons, isn't it? And it is beautiful. The autumn can be great with all the beautiful leaves turning bronze-coloured and things. September is an odd month. It can be a bit of a brief extension to summer. We can have a bit of an Indian summer, can't we? And the weather can still be a bit warm and dry. Usually, it's as you say, it's a bit of a quieter month in the garden, not quite as much happening halfway between summer, heading to autumn, a bit of a lack of colour. All the summer plants seem to have gone by, but you can still have quite a few bright plants in the garden, can't you? Well, I think if you've designed your garden that way, that you do have new stuff coming up now, then yes, you can. And I think we're going to have another little bit of a warm spell. So I'm desperately trying to keep my hanging baskets going that little bit longer. I just reckon, to have the colour. I reckon you could keep them going for another month without too much difficulty, providing we don't get any really sharp frosts. But who knows on that one? Yeah, definitely. I think we've had a frost already, though, which was we a bit have, bizarre. yeah, a but very, it was very, very, very light, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't seem to have done any damage to our plants, does it? No, not at all. But we're sort of southeast here in the UK. I suppose if you're further north, then things might be a bit cooler. And people living elsewhere on the globe, everyone's got different climates. That's right. And most of our plants don't come from the UK anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> you hail from South Africa, don't you, Sue? I do. And a lot of the plants in the garden come from South Africa, particularly the Cape Town region. Yes, I recognised a few when I went home recently in June, July, that I hadn't noticed before. And then I go home and I go, oh, that's my garden back in England. What's happening? <laughs> and they grow like weeds in Durban, don't they? They where do you went indeed. Home this time. Yes, now, last month, the end of last month, we went to the RHS Tatton Park Flower Show, which is a bit more north from us here in Cheshire. It's one of the last of the big three flower shows. You've got the Chelsea Flower Show in May, then you've got the Hampton Court Flower Show, and then you've got the Tatton. And each flower show does have a different feel. Oh, definitely. Um, this one, 
I enjoy going to because the council put on a really excellent show of flower beds and it's just lovely to see them. So, and it's the only flower show that does these. So that's like a highlight for me when we go to Tatton. It's something really different. Sort of thing you see when you're driving around the country in different towns and city centres and things. And that's what the council are doing. But they're really showing their expertise at Tatton, aren't they? Oh, definitely. And it's always a lovely, lovely show. Which was your favourite council flower bed this year then, Sue? Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) A Um, tough one. So many to choose from. Tough one. Well, there was two actually. The one that I really liked, but it was because it was really a fun thing, was the one with um, it had a slice of cake in it, basically, and it was obviously to do with tea. And <laughs> that's because you like your cake. I don't do you? like my cake, so that really tickled me. I like that one, and then I also liked the one of the Union Jack that had a square rig sailing ship in the centre of it, didn't it? Yes, and I really liked that one. Often, the way things that really appeal to us that we really like the look of, the judges don't always seem to prefer to the same degree well i suppose they're judging it and we're From looking at it yes yeah. and we're looking at it and saying oh wow i like that where they look at certain criteria that obviously they have to put out there i guess the planting the quality of the plants how well they go with each other exactly and and how it looks does it look like a piece of cake i suppose that's something <laughs> else you know so yeah but it, i love i love those flower beds i just find them so unique to tatton which they is are, lovely yeah they are very unique to Tatton. Well, we've got some of those photos on our Facebook page, which you can have a look at if you want. You can find that at facebook.com slash plantadvice. This year, the Tatton Park Flower Show also had a theme to it. And the theme this year was a carnival theme. And when we were there, they had some dancers, didn't they, playing drums and the girls and blokes had costumes that made them look like massive butterflies dancing around. Oh, it was amazing. It was really lovely and it was such a hot day oh, the that day, day we went, I struggled. The temperature was really hot. Yeah, and they were still giving it all and dancing and they must have been dying in that heat. Those but costumes was, did look a bit warm. It, Quite heavy as well, I think. Very heavy, but it was lovely. It really was lovely, colourful and like you say, the girls just looked like butterflies floating around. Very pretty. And that carnival theme extended across the whole showground. So there are lots of different areas where everyone doing their little gardens or shows, they tried to inject a little bit of a carnival theme into them. Also at the show was the Young Garden Designer of the Year competition. Now this has been going on throughout the year, but the three finalists had to design a garden at the Tatton Park show, didn't they? Yes. What did you think of the gardens? The one, again, that we liked the best didn't win, but that's the way it goes. I liked the one that was... They shouldn't let us judge, should they? No, no. I liked the... Workout garden. The workout garden. I thought that was so ingenious idea. Very clever. It had a pergola, which grew plants up. I'm not sure if they were clematis, but climbing plants grown at this pergola. But as soon as you look at the pergola closely, it's not actually a pergola. Oh, it's been used as a pergola, but it's a monkey bar climbing frame, isn't it? Oh, it was so clever. And then the really central water clever. feature, and they had a bicycle rigged up to a water wheel. And as you pedalled, this turned water wheel and splashed around. You had a bash on that, didn't you? I did have a bash on that. And let me tell you something, you'd have a good workout doing that. It was amazing. It looked hard, didn't it? It was hard. Mind you, you were wearing your sensible flip-flop shoes again. I had my flip-flops on, so it was strange to try and pedal this thing with flip-flops. But But it was a good day for the flip-flops. And then you looked in this one little corner and there was a tiny little trampoline built into the garden and you didn't really notice it until... Because it was set in at ground level, wasn't it? 
Yeah, Brilliant. just in the middle of the bed. It was excellent. I really, and again, the planting all around it was amazing. It was lovely. I really liked the two Archimedes screws that they had in the centre that you turn around and it raised water up and spilled out the top. I think children would have great fun with that. Oh, and a 2,000 year old invention. Very, very clever. And again, a small space. So you could have that in a small garden. Very achievable. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the things I do like about the Tatton Park Flower Show is that. Gardens aren't as big in scale as Chelsea, certainly, and perhaps Hampton Court. They are the sort of things that, as you said, the space is more akin to the type of gardens you'll have in your own back garden. Definitely. But as we've said before, Chelsea is creme de la creme, show off, this is what we can achieve. Catwalk. Catwalk for gardening. Tatton is for every single person in the street that's interested in gardening and wants to put something interesting into an average garden. A bit of everything. Yeah. And the fruit and veg are also a popular thing at Tatton, aren't they? Yes, very, very popular. But I think that's because it's up country. <laughs> yes, and some of the northern shows do seem to have a bit more of that sort of spirit about them, don't they? Where they're competing, growing the best tomatoes and the biggest leeks. The Harrogate Autumn Show that we went to last year was very similar, wasn't it? Yeah, we found that very different again because of that. Pumpkins that they had to put in wheelbarrows, they yes, were so big. yes. That was quite amazing what, seeing all of that. Well, we really enjoyed the Tatton Park Flower Show. You won't be able to go again now until next year. But if you've never visited a show before, Tatton is a really good one to go to, especially if you live up more northerly in the country. Trying to get down to London from the Chelsea Flower Show might be a quite a trek. Hampton Court's also just on the outskirts of London. A fair way to go, but Tatton is an excellent show and a real nice feel to it, isn't it, Sue? It's lovely, and there's also a lot of shopping you can do, and it's just very, very comfortable. The design of it is also very nice, the way it's not, laid out. Not claustrophobic, is not it? Not at all. Yeah, and we, again, were fortunate. We had an amazing day, although probably too hot, but it was lovely just really to walk around and enjoy it. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Plant of the Month Now, our Plant of the Month for September is Dahlia Bishop of Landath. Now, that's Welsh. It's a double L, so my son James would throttle me for pronouncing that incorrectly. Llandath, I think it is, or very similar. It's a popular peony-flowered dahlia, and it has the RHS Award of Garden Merit and also the RHS Perfect for Pollinators Award, which means it's really good for bees and insects and pollinators. And an RHS Award of Garden Merit means it's been a tried and tested plant and will usually do quite well in most gardens. Now, this has really stunning, bright, vermilion red flowers, semi-double. It's about five to six centimetres across, and it's got a long flowering period from July to September. And as we were talking a little bit earlier, September can be a bit of a dull month. Most of the flowers go in, but the dahlias seem to do quite well, don't they? Oh, yes. There's a lady in the village where we live, and she's got a beautiful patch of dahlias at the front of her garden. Every year stunning, and they're still in full bloom. Totally, and they look as if they're going to keep going, like you say, through to the end of September. Until the first hard frosts yeah. really hit, yeah. And just amazing show. They do, yeah. We're looking at a picture on the screen here. It's a, a really bright red flower, 
bit of yellow in the centre. This flower can also make excellent cut flowers. Uh, the foliage is also quite contrasting. It's not green like most plants. It's a kind of dissected fern-like leaf, and it's almost black, very dark purple, which contrasts perfectly against the bright red flower. It can grow up to about one metre and spreads to about half a metre, but because it can get quite tall, staking might be required if you're in a bit of a windy or exposed situation. It's got an average growth rate and it likes fertile, humus-rich soil, so it does need feeding. For the best flowering performance, you need to feed the plants weekly when it gets going at the beginning of the year with a nitrogen-rich fertiliser that helps the foliage. And then during the flowering period, it's best to use a potassium-rich fertiliser once a week. And like most plants, you need to deadhead regularly to prolong the flowering. It likes full sun and it's half hardy as in most dahlias, so it's going to need winter protection. So in that respect, it's recommended to pull the tubers up in autumn, clean them off, allow them to dry naturally indoors, and then store them in a frost-free place for the winter. Although sometimes if you're in a warmer area, you can apply a thick mulch over the tubers to protect them, but they could suffer from slug attacks, especially in heavier clay soils. So it probably is best to raise them and store them over in the winter we like dahlias so we like lots of plants we can't fit everything in but to me i'd categorize this as a faff plant really well it's a faff because you've got to lift the tubers up and store or, them over in winter or you don't or you don't and <laughs> risk losing more them every year well yeah that's <laughs> which an expensive, is also expensive yes yeah. i'm going to try this year a couple of dahlias in the front bed a show we? at the moment and we did sort of spend the money on them, so I'm going to give it a go this year. But I do agree with you, and as I've said before, I find gardening very frustrating in England because you have to faff with everything. Well, some of you listening aren't from the UK. You might have a better climate, certainly where Sue came from, from South Africa, where you stick things in the ground and frosts are pretty much unheard of, certainly well, exactly. in Durban area. Cape yeah. Town you get a few, don't you? Not frost so much, but it does get cold. So some of your plants aren't as hardy. The same as here, you can lose them in the winter if it's a harsh winter. Yeah. Well, we will try that with our dahlias at the front and perhaps next year, next spring, we'll report back and let you know how they survived the winter. Yeah, I think we should give it a go. Jobs to do in the garden. Jobs to do in the garden. At this time of year, as things are cooling down a bit, it's a good time to consider transplanting evergreen trees and shrubs, providing they're not too big, though. The younger, the better. This month is an excellent month to transplant evergreen trees and shrubs if you think you might have planted them in the wrong place, which so often can happen. You look at something, you think it's going to be good, and then it grows, it gets a bit big, and you think, oops, we better move that. So now is a good time to rethink and perhaps optimise your borders. So you need to prepare the hole into which the plant is to be moved first because when you dig the plant up you want to get it back into the ground as quickly as possible to prevent the roots drying out. After you've dug the hole and dug in plenty of well-rotted manure or garden compost into the base, it's time to dig up the plant. Take your time and dig as deep as you can to minimise damage to the root ball. Uh, the bigger the root ball, the better, although the downside of that is it's going to be a bit heavier to move. So if you can get someone to help you lift the plant, that would be much advisable. 
So move the plant into the freshly dug hole, make sure the top of the root ball is level with the soil surface and then backfill the soil, firming down carefully with your heels as you go. Finally, water daily because there's going to be a bit of damage to the roots and the plant needs to be in intensive care for a few weeks until it can settle in. Now is also a good time to be planting spring bulbs, such as daffodils, winter aconites, crocuses, hyacinths and scillas. Each bulb might need different circumstances though, so refer to the plant instructions for each of the bulbs. Make sure you plant them at correct depth and allow enough space between each bulb in the planting hole. If you have heavy, poorly drained clay soil in your garden like we do, make sure you add some grit or sand into the planting hole. This will help the drainage and stop the bulbs rotting in the wet winter months. We've had that problem a few times with daffodils, I think, haven't we? Yeah, we struggle with daffodils, but I think that is why our soil is just too heavy and too clayey. Although last, this spring, we had more, so hopefully they'll get more established. I think that's because we're getting more into the habit of doing this and adding grit to the... Yeah. Because we know our soil is clay and needs some extra everything drainage. Everything needs yeah. grit, yeah. Just about everything we put in now, we just put <laughs> grit in. We do. <laughs> Regardless whether you need it or <laughs> yes. not, you're getting grit. <laughs> Which will hopefully improve the soil over the years as well. Now's also a good time to sow grass seed or lay turf. It's just about the best month to sow grass seed for a new lawn or, or lay your turf down. Or if you've got warm patches, perhaps the kids have been playing in the garden over the summer that might need repairing or reseeding. The weather in this month is usually pretty much perfect for this job because the soil is still warm and the chances of rainfall are a bit better so you don't have to be out there watering it every day. For more information on how to get the perfect lawn, we do have a little book that we wrote, George and I. Uh, you can get that by subscribing to our newsletter on our website at plantadvice.co.uk slash subscribe. When you do subscribe, you get a regular monthly newsletter on jobs to do in the garden and this free little PDF book on how to get the perfect lawn, which could help. September is also a good month for new additions to the garden, again because it's usually fairly moist weather and not too hot, which makes it a good time for planting. You still do have some flowers and things going on in the garden, so keep deadheading. Prolong them as much as you can. Regular lawn mowing, again, and if it is dry, although probably less likely, again, raise the height of the lawnmower. Trim the border edges. Keep spraying roses against green fly and black spot. We've had a bit of a scourge of black spot this year. Haven't really got on top of that one, but we'll try to be more on the case, I think, next um, year, Sue. Maybe do well, maybe Earlier. we should do it now, like... It's telling us to yeah. in the newsletter. <laughs> Get it sort of... Practice what yeah. we preach. Because our roses just didn't do well this year. Although we the really... one in the front garden, the hot chocolate rose, that has done well. That was beautiful and it's still beautiful and it's still full of buds and that's lovely. But in the back garden, we we did take a bit of strain. We didn't have the usual amazing show no, that we it's... usually do have. And one of the roses seems to have died, doesn't it? Yes. And that will be replaced in next spring, I'm sure. Definitely. And it can still be warm, so don't forget to water and feed your hanging baskets and containers because they really do need a lot of water. And finally, you can take cuttings of pinks and carnations to grow on and propagate for next year. In the vegetable garden. And in the vegetable garden, you can be sowing seeds inside of lettuce. 
sowing seeds outside of spinach and harvest again is a good time of year for harvest you can be harvesting things such as french beans tomatoes onions radish beetroot cauliflowers lettuce globe artichokes cucumbers swiss chard sweet corn aubergine peppers pumpkins and brussels sprouts i do love brussels sprouts one of my favorite vegetables you're not keen on them, though, are you? Not at all. <laughs> Probably not, why we don't grow not them. Not my favourite, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, I'll get them once a year for Christmas, for Christmas lunch. Yes. <laughs> plants of note. Now, plants of note for September. The first plant we've got is Hibiscus syriacus white chiffon, sometimes called rose mallow or tree hollyhock. This is a hardy deciduous shrub and it's native to Asia, not as Syria as you might have suspected by the name Syriacus. That's because Carlos Linnaeus, who invented the naming system for plants, got it wrong, I think. Common names for this can sometimes also include Rose of Sharon, especially in North America, Rose Mallow, that's here in the United Kingdom, and in Italy they call it St. Joseph's Rod. Don't know where they get these names from. It's quite a useful plant because it's reasonably fast growing, so it can fill up to two metres tall, three metres spread, so it could be good at the back of a border. It likes full sun, humus rich, moist but well-drained soil, neutral to slightly alkaline, and the flowers are pure white, large white, about 10 centimetres diameter, and they have a really sort of intricate centre to them and a nice flowering period from August to October. We've got a picture of the flower on the screen here. What do you think to that, Sue? That's lovely. I think it's beautiful. I do like hibiscus as well. And the thing with hibiscus is they drop their flowers every day, don't they? Yep, a new flower every day. But it is, I love it, it's very pretty. Foliage, it's got dark green leaves, shallowly lobed. It's good for cooler areas as the flowers can stand up quite well to harsher weather, a bit of wind and rain, so perhaps more northerly areas in the United Kingdom here, that would be a good plant. It's got the RHS Award of Garden Merit, also something to look for when you're getting a plant or choosing a plant from the nursery. It is easy to grow and it doesn't need much pruning once it's established. And when it's young, it's good to prune them hard in late spring to try and encourage more bushy growth. And once you've pruned them, mulch well with some good garden compost after pruning. Uh, we need another space in our garden to get one. We need a bigger <laughs> garden. It's it is stunning. It's beautiful. such a beautiful white flower. I, I like the really intricate centre bit there. It's really different, isn't it? Very different. And good size shape, 10 centimetres. That's a, a generous flower, isn't it? And the thing is, once a hibiscus does flower... It just doesn't seem Keeps to stop, going, even it? though yeah. every day is a new flower. It's just always, the bush is always full. And it's going to give some colour to the later period of the year, isn't it? From August to October. Mm. That's a, traditionally a period. August does start to tail off in the colour. And as we said, September's not as good in October. That's such a bright flower like that, mm. bright white in October. I reckon it could really lift a dreary day. Very pretty. And the second plant of note we have for September is a fuchsia, fuchsia ricartonii. Now, I've seen this spelt two ways, one with a double C and one with a single C, although I'm not sure that makes much difference to the plant. It's not going to know any different. It's a half-hardy fuchsia, might need some winter protection, a deciduous shrub, it's got an average growth rate, and it can grow up to two metres tall, three metres spread, similar to the hibiscus we just talked about. It likes full sun or can tolerate partial shade, likes fertile, moist, well-drained soil. 
It has a long flowering period, so those are always good plants to have in the garden, with purple-red flowers that dangle down from arch stems and flowers from June to October, which I think is a phenomenal flowering period, really. We've struggled with one of our fuchsias in the garden this year, haven't we? Well, for the last couple of years, actually, not just this year. It just is beautifully healthy, but with no flowers. I don't know which cultivar variety it is because there is a phenomenal range of fuchsias. Do you remember that garden we went to, a stately home, and it had a greenhouse full of about 30 or 40 different varieties of fuchsias. Yeah, and you wouldn't believe... personally, I prefer the bigger flower. Yeah, this This is quite a a dainty one, isn't it? Flower. Little Very dash dainty, of purple yes. in the centre. They are pretty, yeah. I think the good thing about this plant is it's quite big and it can actually be used as an informal hedge. Oh, yeah, because uh, it goes so to two metres. Something two metres tall and a hedge like that would be brilliant. It does like a bit of protection from cold, dry winds, though. It's not terribly robust. The foliage is dark green, but it's got a bit of a bronze tint, which can be quite nice. In summertime, it's good to water it fairly regularly with a balanced feed. Now, a balanced feed means you only need equal parts of nitrogen, potassium and phosphorus, NPK. We do have an article about NPK and fertilisers on our website, which we'll have a link to on the show notes for this page. You can find at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 18. This fuchsia also needs to be pruned in early spring. Good time to prune lots of plants. And again, RHS Award of Garden Merit. I think we try to look for some of the plants which have the RHS Award of Garden Merit because we know the RHS have put a lot of time and effort into doing tests and trials with these things, which means if you get it in your garden, you've got a good chance of it doing fairly well. Unlike our fuchsia too. I know. I mean, it it looks healthy. It's... But it's it just it's a really flower. healthy healthy shrub. It hasn't flowered much. Next year we're going to try feeding it a bit better, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. To promote the flower growth. Yeah, we'll definitely feed it. And um... well, like most things, we all need food, don't we? And to promote flower growth, it's potassium or potash is what we need. We'll get it flowering yet. <laughs> it doesn't know it, but it will it's flower. It's going to flower. <laughs> Because they are beautiful. Fuchsias are fuchsias beautiful. Fuchsias are. We've got them in hanging baskets, haven't we? Yes, yeah. I do like fuchsias and they do make an amazing show. I think fuchsias are perfect for hanging baskets because they tend to drape down and drop the flowers down and dangle them, don't they? That's right. For a hanging basket, that is They're an ideal, ideal flower. Yeah. yeah. Forthcoming garden now, forthcoming garden and flower shows for September. September is towards the end of the season, but there's a few things happening. From the 3rd to 7th of September, the RHS Wisley Flower Show, that's one of their flagship gardens, and I think one well, not quite their headquarters, but it is a, a lot happens at RHS Wisley. We haven't been there yet, Sue, but we no, do. We, we need talked to. about going this year, but time seems to run away with us. We'll put it on the list for, for next, next year. Next year, definitely. From the 12th to 14th of September is the Harrogate Autumn Flower Show. We're not going to that this year. We did go last year, and it's a good show. It's a bit further up north, isn't it? Harrogate is in Yorkshire, and they do have their vegetables, the massive vegetables. That's a very entertaining show. And one we are going to this year from the 27th to 28th of September is the Malvern Autumn Show. We've done the Malvern Spring Show, but not the Autumn. So it'll be interesting to see what that brings. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. 
just uh, then we can compare. Like you said, we went to the spring one last year. Was it? We went to the spring one. Uh, might even been the year, year before. before. So it'll be nice to oh, go. We've done to Harrogate autumn. autumn. Yeah, yes. so we'll do that. Yes. Now you might notice this episode has been a little shorter than some because we haven't had any interviews. Uh, hopefully, at Melvin Autumn Show, we can get hold of some of the garden designers or some of the exhibitors and bring something interesting for you next month. So that's about all for this episode. You can get the show notes and links to some of the plants we've talked about at our website at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 18. You can follow us online on Twitter at plantadvice or follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash plantadvice. And we've got lots of photos. Sue is our official photographer. All the photos from the Tatton Park. I think we've got about 80 odd photos from the Tatton Park Flower Show. Loads from Chelsea. Hampton Court. It's a bit of a photo fest, isn't it? It is, but it's amazing when you look at them, the colours. It <laughs> just shows you how much you can put into a garden and it just explodes with colour. And what you can do in a small space sometimes. Exactly. Be a bit creative, yeah. So that's well worth checking out and a good place to perhaps chat with other people, ask for advice or share advice with others. If you've liked the show, please do leave us a rating on iTunes at plantadvice.co.uk slash iTunes it's nice to know how we're doing and if you'd like other things covered in the show so that is all for this episode thanks ever so much for listening and I hope you'll listen again next month until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me and while the weather lasts don't forget to enjoy your garden and have your last braai (laughs) (laughs) that's South African speak for barbecue This podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.